So let me, let me tell you a little story as I get started here this morning. Um, several weeks ago, Jan and I celebrated our 41st anniversary. We've been married for 41 years. So we wanted to, uh, we, we had had a, a really kind of a good weekend, and uh, we, had worked, we live on a small farm, and we had worked outdoors all day long. And came to the end of the day, and we were pretty relaxed. We were very tired, knowing that we're, we're like weekend warriors. Whenever we, when we're not home much, but when we're home, we really, we tackle the next 50 feet, the next 100 feet of clearing brush, making mulch, and doing what you have to do on these small farms. So we get, when we came to the end of the day, I said, honey, well, why don't we go out to eat? So we have this favorite little place we've been going. And as a matter of fact, 42 years ago, it's where we got engaged. And it's where we had our, our the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, wedding dinner before, the night before you. Rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal dinner. I knew, there, I knew you guys would know what it was. So we've known this restaurant for a long time. It's been a, it's a place we've gone back and visited many, many times. We kind of, we, we like it. Not only did we go to the same restaurant, when we got there, the young lady uh, the, uh, led us to the exact booth in the corner where I asked Jen to marry me. So I was like, woohoo, oh, this is like, this is great. So we were, we were settling in what we thought would, but we weren't in a hurry. We had nowhere to go. There's no one at home. There's no appointments. I didn't have a busy day the next day. We were ready to settle in for a three, four hour evening together of just chit chatting and, and, and the lady who, a sweetheart, came, uh, that was tending our table came up and she was just angst to the bone. She was just, she was nervous. She was like dishuffled. She was not present. She would say, she came to our table. She goes, I'm really busy. There was like three other couples in the I'm really busy. I'll be back, and I'm, but I, I will get to you. And we said, no hurry, no hurry, no problem. Don't worry about it. And she went shuffling off. About two minutes later, she came over, and she put down a couple of glasses, poured the water, and she goes, I'll be right back. But, oh, it's such a night. And all her anxiety just bubbling over, you know, like, you, you, you know, remember the Charlie Brown uh, thing with, um, but with Pigpen? And, you know, the dirt just sort of puffs up around. Well, this poor lady, sweetheart as she is, she was just exuding. There was just like anxiety bubbling up around her. You could see it in the, in the, in the bubble around her. And we said, no, really, honey, we're fine. We're, we are not in a hurry. We can be the last ones. We don't care. Oh, I know, but it's, oh, you, oh. When she finally came back to take the order, Jen and I thought, oh, no, now I don't know what's going on in her life. I don't know. She, she might have a lot of month left at the end of the money. She, she might have got some bad news. She might have been um, threatened. She's going to lose her job if she didn't calm down. I don't know. I, I don't know what was going on. And it was really none of my business. But we tried to bring a calming influence to her. But the fact of the matter is her anxiety, you know, was sort of encroaching and was beginning to sort of like edge in on Jan and I. And we had been like chilled. We were like ready for a romantic dinner in a place where we had been engaged 42 years earlier. And, you know, as we got talking, as Jan and I were going through the evening, we realized this is what happens. This, this is what happens when somebody 
is just incredibly engulfed with anxiety and nervous tension and uptightness and how quickly that can be put on us. Now, instead of wearing it, we did. We were, we were able to navigate it, but we, we had to talk about it. And here's the big idea of my, my, my talk this weekend that I've been trying to communicate. Here's the big idea. We are, we are a people of peace. We as the church should be the most peaceful reality in the world. The church should be the least anxious entity in the world. Take a deep breath right now. Just take a deep breath. The world is carrying an unbelievable burden. And we do nothing to contribute to the peace in the world by letting that anxiety be dumped onto us, and then we begin to wear it, and then wherever we go, we bring an anxious presence. Wars, militias, slave trade, hatred, racism, economic uncertainty, injustices on every level, terrorism. Do you want me to continue? All of this just keeps getting propagated and put on everything of social media, and it's, it, it, it's taking what and putting burdens on people. A burden is something that's carried. It's a load. It's something that's oppressive and worrisome. Last week, or two weeks ago, last week, two weeks ago, three years ago, I can't remember. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we were in, in um, Gothenburg, Sweden, doing a conference for the vineyards from all over Scandinavia, from Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. <clears throat> and they also, uh, these guys are they're incredible churches, great people, but they have really, really been ministering to the immigrants that have fleeing the Middle East and have come literally on foot, have walked up through Turkey, have found ways one way or another into, into uh, Eastern Europe, coming through Montenegro, coming through Albania. Come, I mean, just, just these young men. So there was several of them who were at this conference because the vineyard churches in Scandinavia have been receiving these immigrants and blessing these immigrants and working with these immigrants and, and giving them refuge. And, and Jan and I were, were, were uh, just really having lunch with a small group of young men and women who had fled in the recent weeks had fled Syria. Everything you're seeing on TV. There we are across the table and this wide-eyed young man. And I said, tell me your story. And in broken English, he was telling me how he fled in the night. He fled in the night because his life was in danger. There's a young lady that, having lunch with Janet, who had a young, uh, a young son. You could see the fear and the terror in their eyes. All they wanted was a peaceful, some level of a peaceful existence. The little guy, probably seven or eight years old, all he wanted to do was swim and eat ice cream because he felt he didn't want to play soccer because the other boys wouldn't include him because he spoke Arabic. He didn't speak 
any of the Scandinavian languages. And as we were having lunch, I, I, I knew I just couldn't say, you know, hey, you know, tell me your story. So I sort of meandered into the conversation with him, and I realized these are just two petrified human beings. There is something going on in our world that wants, can take us in two directions. And it is either we are going to buy into the anxiety that is being propagated over the television and over all the media, or we, as I'm speaking to believers now, men and women, because I'm assuming if you got up this early on a Sunday morning and you came here, most of you at least have an open heart to God, right? You don't do this unless you love God a little bit. You don't get up this early. But you have. So my, my, my thing that I'm saying to our vineyard churches, because it's going on around the globe, is we have to be the peaceful presence. We have our opinions. We may have position. We may have thoughts. We may have theology and ideology. We may have something that where, where we have a, a conviction about the situation going on in the world. But may I tell you, as one who crisscrosses the world, that the world is scared to death. And you and I do not have to participate in the anxiety that is being propagated. If you would turn on your devices this morning or open your Bible, according to your age, to Book of Matthew. The Book of Matthew. For some of you, that's a click. For some of you, it's like Jurassic me. You're going to have to open this up. I'd like you to, I want to read one of the classic texts, something that Jesus was like he was just looking right into 2016 and knowing and the, the application of this is resounded through the ages in the church where the Bible says, crystal clear, crystal clear, come to me, all you who are weary, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. As a parent, you and I, if, you're, if you are a parent or a grandparent, you know one of your jobs that you do, you make, you make sure that undue pressure, undue burdens do not filter down to your children. You may be in a financial tough position, but you do not project that and transmit that onto children that have no category for such pressure, do you? Why? Because you're the responsible adult. You'll handle that pressure. You'll turn that pressure into prayer and intercession. Jesus makes one of the epic statements of his, of his promise to human beings. Come to me. If you're weary and you're heavy laden, the world is, is weary. The world is heavy laden. The world is nervous. The world is scared. The world is uncertain. Not so with us. Because men and women are going to come, entire civilizations are going to come and go as the Persian Empire, as the Greek Empire, as the Roman Empire, as the fill-in-the-blank empire. They come and go, and the kingdom of God goes on forever and ever and ever and ever. Men through the ages have introduced ideologies to the human race, trying to, trying to uh, sow in division and sow in tyranny and sow in slavery 
take away the Word of God, ridicule the Word of God, burn the books and everything. But here we are, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years into this journey with humanity, and those ideologies and those empires have come and gone, and the Word of God stands the test of time. You're in good territory, folks. Yeah, it's a tight time. Yeah, there's maybe a few things to, to be nervous about, but we cannot, we cannot buy into the anxiety that is being pushed all around us. Amen? <laughs> a religious system can place burdens on people. Matthew says this, Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in chairs the chair of Moses, therefore, all that they tell you do and observe, they do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. Matthew 23, 4. This is an important verse. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. Mark this passage down. They tie up heavy burdens. Can, if we can pull that one up, Matthew 23, 4. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. They lay burdens on men's shoulders. You turn on the news, you know what you're hearing? Political and economic and religious systems putting burdens on men's shoulders. Not so with us. Not so. The world is fearful, troubled, anxious. The world is uptight, ill at ease, tense. The world lives in excess in way too many directions. Anxiety is a type of fear usually associated with a, the thought or a threat of something going wrong in the future. Most anxiety has to do with what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And most of the time, the what-ifs don't count. They don't come. I did a little research. I was doing a talk in Trent, um, at the Trent Vineyard in Nottingham, England, recently. And in order to do so, I wanted to actually expand this talk that, I, that I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking to anyone that will listen to me, is don't take the bait. Don't take the bait, the bait of anxiety because there comes a day when he who can will straighten all of this out when all the chitter chatter comes and goes our rock is established our faith in the research I did I was amazed at the amount of man hours and, and productive hours that entire society lose from stress and anxiety. And in the research, I found that in excess of 10 million workdays, 10 collective, 10 million workdays are lost in our economy based on people calling in sick and the sickness that they call in or call out, whichever way you say it, <laughs> millions of man hours, the reason they're given for calling in sick is I'm stressed or anxiety has eaten my lunch. 
I, I don't want to press this too far, but I think it's important that we really we come to grips with this a little bit. Money, education, job, family, health, the future, retirement, housing. We have, we have 22-year-olds. Now, this is just a whole niche of study, and I, I, I can't go down this road because it's too long a rabbit trail, although if I was going to, because remember, I've told you before that at, at, our, at Pathway Vineyard, they put a parking meter in the pulpit when I preach, so that if I, they, they literally do, and you put in a quarter, you turn it, it gives me two minutes to rant on anything I want to say. But I don't have my parking meter, but one, of, one gentleman this morning came up, and he gave me a quarter. And he said, that's just in case you want to go on a rant this morning. <laughs> so, there I go. If I was going to say something, look, folks, this whole thing of even debt is eating families alive. We're sending kids to colleges that have big names but big prices, and kids are coming out with degrees that they can't use. And then families are bound by debt for decades, which often can either, well, I, I, I don't want to go too far this, but please, 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 it is not a blessing for your child to go to a, a college just because it's got a name, and then they come out with a $100,000 debt. All right, so I quit my preaching and went to meddling. Let me meddle for a minute. I'm a pastor. I have pastored for four decades. I'm the one where people end up saying, this is unsustainable. This is uns the rhythm is unsustainable. The pressure is unsustainable. The debt is unsustainable. Keeping up with the Joneses is a curse. But could we say this? Could we say that the church should or the church could be the most peaceful, non-anxious entity in society. In Delaware County, I mean, that intersection down there where 71 comes up and through, <laughs> you want to lose your salvation, that's where you're going to lose it, way right down there. Wow. When I started coming here several years ago, I we, we zip, 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 zip. Now it's like I have to, Jan, it's an hour and a half. The church service is starting an hour and a half. We've got to leave. <laughs> but, you, and the reason you're laughing is you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Isn't that, it, it, isn't that kind of interesting? But, but, but people should be able to say, my whole life is crazy, but not when I, go, I drive onto the campus. And at least there, there is a peaceful reality. I've been talking with our pastors for the last couple of years, reminding them people are not machines. There has to be good rhythm to this. A lot of times we're stressed because we live with no rhythm. We go, 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 go. I mean, you know, back in, there, there was a day when people could go a little bit slower, and you literally had to get up off the couch to flip and turn the TV. I know, JT, that means nothing to you. That's foreign. That's like another language. But there was a day back when Michael was young. There was a day. You had to get up off the couch and go up. And you had three channels. 
Today, you just sit there large and in charge. Click, 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 click. You can go around the world. There's nothing going on in the world that you don't know about within 10 to 20 seconds. Nowhere. Not one hidden nook and cranny on the globe where you don't know about something that's going down. And I am not sure the human mind is made, the human emotions are made. I don't think physiologically, mentally, neurologically that we are made to handle the overstimulated stuff that's coming at the human race. It's a slow kingdom coming and we see a great contradiction in the peace that we could have on the inside with the stimulation that's coming from culture. And we're sitting here, there's a disaster in Greece. They're going down the tubes economically. There's still hunger there in the South Sudan. Oh, there's, there's another war just broke out in that African nation. In South America, oh, there's another coup. And, oh, there's Venezuela. They don't have any food left, so they're going over into... I can literally go around the world and click and click and I can see the BBC and I can see Algeria and I can see the Russian television. I mean, now I, I, I know what's going on in Siberia. I mean, to show you how, you know, how crazy it is, the first thing I look at almost every morning is the temperature in Dudinka, Siberia. What possesses me to do that? Would you click your device in Matthew 6 or open your Bibles, flip a few pages over. I'm going to read this as you would sip a fine wine. Matthew 6, verse 25. Matthew 6. It's as if Jesus parachuted into a country that is three months out from one of the most divisive situations we've had in our history. Where the anxiety level racially and politically and economically has never been at a higher pitch. And it's as if Jesus parachuted in and said, let me say something. For this reason, verse 25, Matthew 6, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat, or what you will drink, as people age. Just, I'm out of the text now, it's not in there. As you age and you are concerned with fixed income, mobility, prescription, being taken care of, college debt, mortgage, A, B, C. There are people, this is the issue. Their, their thing is daily bread. We have little boys that, and little girls that have to get up in the morning and then they take these five-gallon buckets, put it on their shoulder and hoof it six, seven, eight, nine miles to get a little bit of water so by the time they can get back, they would have something to mix with the cornmeal or something so there could be one cake made so they could have something to eat before they doze off and do the same thing the next day. And they're hoping they make it back and they don't get kidnapped and conscripted into these militias that are all over the world taking eight-year-olds and handing them AK-47s. It's a slow kingdom coming. Jesus lands in the middle of all of this 
And he says, do not be worried about your life as to what you eat and what you'll drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and, and, and the body more than clothing? Looking, I'm at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? And who of you, verse 27, would you look at it and catch it? I think we, are we, on, we fall on the screen. Very good, good. And who of you, by being worried, can change the outcome of all the situations in America in this moment? That's not what your translation says? But in today's vernacular, isn't that what he was saying? If he parachuted in here, in today's moment, and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. They do not toil. They do not toil. In other words, they don't earn their way. They do not toil. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, little faith? He's naming them here. He's not, he's not being rude to them. How, how does it say it there? You have little faith? He was just saying, little faith, that's your new name. That, little faith. Tommy, Billy, and little faith. Verse 31. Do not worry then, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? How are we going to pray for the prescription? How are we going to get our kids through school? How are we going to uh, uh, fulfill our obligations? The, the, this is the vernacular. He says, verse 32, and it gets a little point. He says, for the Gentiles, which was not exactly complimentary in this context, the Gentiles eagerly seek all these same things. Basically what he's saying is somebody who doesn't know the Lord frets over this stuff. That, it, 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 a powerful statement. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Verse 34, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Verse 34, it's one of these verses where you just, folks, it's just there. He says, it's going to be enough trouble tomorrow. Bear the burdens you can bear. Some burdens you're meant to bear. Some burdens I am meant to bear. Some burdens we collectively are meant to bear. The rest of them, there is a Messiah, and I am not him. That's way above my pay grade. So, folks, here's what it boils down to, and I'll get done. If I've taken too much time, I'm sorry, but this is a serious conversation. And this conversation is being had on the West Coast, the East Coast, and the North and the South. It's, this conversation is being had in the North, Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere. It's have, happening in South America, Central America, in Africa, East Africa, and West Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa. It's happening in Asia. It's happening in the Himalayan belt. It's happening in Eastern Europe. It's happening in Siberia. It's happening in Russia. It's happening in China. This conversation is going on all over the world. And God has placed you and I on the earth for such a moment like this. And I'd have no nostalgia for a day that was easier for America. That's the chicken's way out. We have been assigned as a missional people 
to be alive in the 21st century in a moment of incredibly complicated world history. And we were placed here to bring a peaceful presence, to let steam out of the system, and to release hope into a place that everyone else is peddling fear. Let's stand. It, it is a privilege to be alive today in 2016. It is a privilege to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus. Just think, he could have put us on the earth at any other time and he chose you to be a representative of his kingdom right now in your community. What a privilege. What, what, I get, in that sense, like, what did we ever do for this honor? Now, we do have to, we have serious decisions and serious adjustments to make and how to navigate the 21st century. But fear leads no, it helps nobody ever. And if fear is eating your lunch, and your breakfast, and your dinner. My prayer is that you, we could take even this piece out of Matthew, copy it on a piece of paper, laminate it, and put it on your refrigerator door. Start every day. Put it on the mirror in your bedroom, mirror in the bathroom, put it on the garage door, put it in your car, put it in your wallet, put it whatever you're going to see it, and see it over and over and over. Your Father knows the things that you need. There is a kingdom coming, and the king of kings is, will put things right on the earth. There will come a day when justice will rule on this earth, when men in corrupt ways, in destructive realities, there will be another day. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, you love the people in this room deeply. You have a purpose for them. They are your representatives on the earth today. You will use them, but some of them, even if they, in their most honest moment, some of them are scared. Some of them are nerved up. Some of them are angry. They're not even sure who they're angry at or who they're afraid of. But the church, the Vineyard Church of Delaware County must be one of the peaceful entities of this county. Where honest, hard, robust debate can happen over a good cup of coffee. But not at the cost of anxiety not of fear, just good intelligent conversation. Let your presence come right now. What I'd like to do, if, 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 if the situation in the world's got you all edged up, all angst up, I'm going to ask you to be brave because I really, I really do, I want to just sort of, I, I want to minister to that, but if you're angst up and you know it, and I, 
I don't know because I don't know you that well, but if you know anxiety's eating your lunch and you, you, you just need a little, I want you to come down front right now. Just, just, just as fast as your little feet will bring you. Fear of the future, economic, health, provision, politics, ideologies. Got things that got you rattled. Why do, in the vineyard churches, do we invite people to come get prayer? Because, I, I'll tell you very simply, because we, we, we don't want to talk and then not have the opportunity for the presence of God in the moment to come and minister in a way that only he can do. I'm just going to wait. For some of you getting robbed by standing there, so I'm just going to wait. I want you to let the Lord minister to you. Come on down. Nothing like your presence. Have a few more people come down to pray. If you're from the church here, come on down. If you're trained to pray for people, just come on down with our friends who've said this. Now, what I want to do is you, as you come and pray, just get right in front of them and look them in the eye and say, why are you up here? And minister to them, pray with them. Um, what I'm going to do is I, I, we will end here, I think, or JT, well, I'll be done. But I want to pray a prayer, and I want you to go to your world, your neighborhood, family dinner, family breakfast, back to the work tomorrow, and I want you to go and be a peaceful presence in an anxious world. So Father, I, we just commissioned this group here this morning. May they go in peace and may they be peace. May they know peace. And wherever they go today and tomorrow and this week, may they carry with them a peaceful presence that changes the atmosphere in the places they are. And let this carry on for months, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.